0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the season premiere of season four of Live in Conversation. I hope everyone's days are going pretty well. Um, Last episode, which was the season three finale, um, you know, it was I I, I don't really remember much um, from that episode. I'm not going to lie. I've had a lot of stuff. Developing over the past couple of days, Um, if you guys don't know, my Q&A is live, Uh, my first official Q&A is live We just started pushing it today actually to a lot more people Um, My voice is acting weird today, um, so if I sound a lot more like grainy and just lower pitch um, That's why my throat is really acting weird been coughing a little bit hoping I'm not getting sick really hoping I'm not um pretty sure it's just a tiny little cold if anything at all um but I'm really hoping it's just like allergies or something so uh we're just going to get going um for the season premiere I want to actually do a bit of a a special thing I want to cover some of the questions that I've received um on the Q&A which if you don't know you can go to tinyurl.com slash tonyqna, the letters Q, the letter N, the letter A. I know it wouldn't let me put the AND symbol, so I had to do N. Um, but yeah, if you go to that link, it'll automatically redirect you to the page on isidewith.com, which leads to my q and on that website. And from there, you can ask whatever questions, and I'll give you my answer. So, yeah, that's how it works. We have a few questions here that I want to talk about. Pretty much all the ones I've gotten so far, actually, um, and all the ones I've answered so far, which is all of them. Um, I have actually gotten really good questions, and I think I've been given pretty good answers. So, without further ado, let's get it started. All right, let's scroll to the top here. All right take a sip of my drink because this is a lot of stuff to talk about oh all right <clears throat> this first question is about privatizing rail he, this this uh, person who is from texas states a high-speed rail system built by private companies is succeeding in south florida He then cites a link, which is QZ.com, about the Florida-U.S. investment in the high-speed rail. Um, I think I've heard about this specific instance, actually. (coughs) Oh my goodness, sorry. Yeah, I'm probably getting sick. I'm really hoping it's not anything crazy, um, but yeah. So he cites an article with the headline, Florida's $5 billion new Bright Line route is a big push for U.S. investment in high-speed rail. Private companies like Microsoft are backing high-speed transit projects, which will also rely on public funds. He then goes on to ask me the question, would you allow private investment in rail to expand? My answer, likely not. I've always truly believed in the right to free public transportation. And while yes, I plan to... Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, everybody. Probably getting sick. I'm really hoping I'm not. But anyways, my plan is to solve all of our issues. Simply put, we need to solve all of our issues, all of the things which we are lacking in, and one of those is the lack of public transport access and, you know, how sheerly outdated our public transport services truly are. Um, And my key to this is by introducing not only improvements to existing public transportation, such as making it free for all on top of that, um, you know, improving quality of, um, you know, public transportation, but also introducing an entirely new, to California at least, an entirely new method of public transportation, which is high-speed rail. If you don't know what high-speed rail is, it is basically a train (laughs) <laughs> or a metro, which goes, as it says, at very high speeds, like supersonic speeds. These things are incredibly fast. Um, and what? yes, I did see you know the bright line and how it's succeeding currently in, in Florida. That's phenomenal. I'm very glad. But the reason why I say likely not is not because I don't want a high-speed rail system. I really want to introduce a high-speed rail system plan. Although, you know, I would primarily attempt to do so through the state rather than it be a private project, I would much rather it be through a public project funded by the state government itself, created and operated by the state government itself so that we directly can manage the prices. And while, (coughs) oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm going to keep saying sorry every single time I do that because it's a habit <clears throat> Just hoping it doesn't keep doing that. Um, because I don't want to have to scrap this because I coughed way too much. But, anyways, the reason why I, I I would prefer to keep this a public project is so that people know where their tax money is going, you know? If we do a private thing and we do use uh public tax funds, I I feel as though. It'll, 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 it'll kind of lack in in transparency, and I feel like it'll lack in terms of, you know, what my goals are, which is, of course, l- uh, introducing it possibly at a very low cost, affordable price, and then quickly being able to transition it from incredibly low price to entirely free, because you know my my ideal situation would be it's free off the bat for everyone. That'd be phenomenal. That'd be fantastic. But unfortunately. It might not be as realistic, so I state that if needed, <clears throat> it would be introduced with ticket fares that are incredibly low, um, even lower than that of like the New York City Metro. Let's just say, you know, it'd be it'd be cheaper to use the state-owned and operated uh, high-speed rail than it would be to use, you know, a metro in your local city, the L.A. Metro, New York Metro, the MTA, whatever you want to do. My goal, ideally is if we do even have to do this for it to be lower than a lot of these mainstream metro services that are in a lot of metropolitan areas and cities. And yes, I do plan (coughs) on not just having this rail be one or two routes. My vision is a lot more than that. My vision is is a high-speed rail system which can get you all the way from northeast California all the way down to San Diego in a few hours and all over the corners of our state. We need this because I feel like this is going to this is going to absolutely make uh, transport a million times easier for Californians. You know, as of right now a lot of people don't even want to drive from San Francisco to Los Angeles. It's such a long distance. And with with air travel, it's incredibly unreliable due to the countless amounts of delays risks, difficulties, and all of this, Um. but we can simply be eliminating this by introducing a high-speed rail system, which is something I definitely would be looking to do as governor. Now, through which means, I would always prefer to, you know, keep this as public as possible, entirely public would be preferred, but if the right private corporation were to come along if the right private, you know, institute would come along that would cooperate with the state and what would I want ultimately, which is control of the prices, which means, you know, we're going to start it off at incredibly low prices and then get it to free public transport. You know, if we want all of this, which I do want, you know, we, we simply put <coughs> want affordable ticket prices that eventually become free and, you know, if, if a company were to come along, you know, that, that wants to do like a quality high rail speed system, high speed rail system, my bad, and, and it meets all of my criteria, I would be more likely to accept such an offer. But, you know, if it doesn't meet all of my criteria, most likely not. Um, and even if it does meet all my cr- criteria, it doesn't mean it's 100% yes, sign me up. If I feel like the state can do that and more and better by itself, then we're going to take that route. But, uh, you know, not saying that anything's off the table at the moment, um, because, you know, those, those things have not developed just yet. So we, I kind of want to see, you know, where that would lead and where that would end off. Um, so yeah. And then another person from, uh, Pennsylvania on here says, that they are identifying Republican from Pennsylvania, asks, how would your rail plan be different than the plan that California has already tried? And my idea is that, um, you know, my plan is going to be the largest plan. It's going to be the biggest plan. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I think it's going to be. It's going to be the biggest plan. It's going to span every single corner of the state, you know. And my plan also would include specifics such as, you know, ticket fares, if they would even be necessary. And my plan would simply put, include all of these specifics that all the other plans really don't. My plan would be more conscious about the state of the economy and how much such a project would cost. You know, and here's here's my philosophy, is, is that keeping ticket fares low gets more people to use the system instead of traditional trains, car trips, or air travel to travel across the state, you know, through long distances. Again, you know, primary, one of the most uh, popular routes is, of course, you know, San Francisco to Los Angeles. I feel like that's one of the most common ones that I actually hear about. Um, so, yeah. And and the issue is, you know, in my opinion, is actually making sure that our high-speed rail system would inevitably be more useful than, you know, let's just say a typical air travel, you know, like a plane that goes from one to the other. And a large issue with air travel is all the delays and all the technical difficulties and issues that happen with, with the air travel My plan for a high-speed rail system is to make sure that we eliminate any sort of possibilities of major delays, widespread delays. You know, we see it in in, uh, subway systems all the time. You know, we see constant delays, cancellations, especially... Well, not necessarily cancellations when it comes to subways, but definitely some delays here and there. Quite a lot, especially if you're talking New York or a large metropolitan area. But also with air travel, you know, there's tons of delays and cancellations. We want to make sure that, you know... When you're choosing the high-speed rail system, we want to make sure that you're actually going to get there on time. There's not going to be unexpected delays or cancellations, you know, you're not going to have your commute ruined because of this, you know, and, and ultimately we want this to be an improvement and not, you know, a, a, um, a dis a disimprovement. We don't want this to be something that negatively impacts your commute. We want this to be something that revolutionizes and changes your commute for the better, You know, instead of having, you know, a several-hour car uh, car ride or plane trip, you know, we want you to ultimately be able to, you know, just pick this, have the safety and security that you will not have delays or cancellations, bad weather interrupting it, and that simply put, you will be getting there faster with a much more reliable method of transportation that isn't as delayed or as uh, issue-riddled as traditional air travel or car rides could be, you know? So that's where I stand on that. Let's go to the next one. Republican from California asked if I would follow Oregon's experiment model of legalizing all drugs. A quote he cited, uh, I believe this is a quote at least, Cited from, I believe, the Wall Street Journal says the fundamental problem, according to law enforcement officers and researchers, is that the threat of jail time hasn't been replaced with a new incentive for people struggling with addiction to seek treatment. Some 6,000 tickets have been issued for drug possession since decriminalization went into effect in 2021. But just 92 people have called and completed assessments needed to connect them to services, according to the nonprofit that operates the helpline. Um. Now here's my thing, I, I stated potentially, and not in the sense that I would potentially legalize everything, there is not a chance in hell that I would ever legalize every single thing, because I think that is just pandemonium, it's, it's nonsense. You know, there's drugs that come across specifically the border here in California, there are, are drugs like fentanyl that come across the border and kill tens and tens of thousands of citizens who are addicted on a daily basis. Tons and tons of people have lost their lives far too soon due to fentanyl, and we need to get it off of our streets immediately. Do I think there are some drugs that ha- are, are still criminalized that, you know, really aren't as harmful that, you know, I personally would look into decriminalizing? Yes, you know, I personally think things such as, you know, psilocybin, I believe is how you pronounce it, um, the, the, uh, mushrooms, uh, I personally think those don't necessarily cause harm. it's It's a similar thing to uh, recreational use in marijuana. How California was one of the first states to recreationally legalize marijuana, um and our our federal government still hasn't even caught up to that yet. and And that went to show that california was was a a leader throughout the entire country for this you know i believe there might have been a couple of states before us that or maybe one or two that did before us but when california legalized it 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 almost made a sign to tons and tons of other states that okay let's get the ball rolling on this and that shows that california is a leading state it leads and other states tend to follow we want to make sure that we keep that trust but we don't abuse that trust we want to show people that hey you know we're making improvements here and that's my goal, is to make improvements here, but also to make sure that other states realize we're making such great improvements here and trying to apply that to their states in addition. You know, because inevitably, I don't care about just Californians. I mean, in this instance, they're my number one priority and they always will be. But I want other other governors and other um, state state body like, of bodies of legislation, I want them to also look at the tremendous success that California has. And I want them to realize that this is a successful state and that what we are doing is revolutionary, groundbreaking, and overwhelmingly positive. That's what I want other states to see. And, you know, my plan... <coughs> my plan is, you know, currently, we, we earn a ton of tax from the cell of recreational marijuana in California. And my plan is to take a good portion of that tax money earned from recreational use, uh, recreational marijuana sales in the state and reinvest that into rehabilitation and addiction treatment services within the state and also, you know, awareness campaigns into those resources we have reinvested that money into you know, we're not taking 100% of that tax money, but we're taking a very, very good amount of that money, reinvesting it so that people who do want to stop and have difficulties in stopping are able to get the help that they need without having to sell an arm and a leg just to get the the help that they desperately need without having to you know, have a whole sob story to their insurance corporation that doesn't really care about them. We want to make sure that our citizens are safe and provided for, not victimized and diminished and demonized. We, we don't want to discourage our citizens. We want to make sure that we have opportunities and services to help them at every turn that they make, should they need it. Um, and that's, that's what I think on the matter. You know, I will continue to see... The, the research and the results out of Oregon's experiment, so if you will. Um, but me, me personally, at this moment, I see it as a failure. I think le- legalizing everything is kind of pointless. You know, but uh, I mean, I personally think that the stuff that is killing people, specifically fentanyl, is, is something that we need to tackle the um, distribution of, specifically at the border and even beyond the border. I think that things like fentanyl and other, other lethal drugs that are commonly used uh, to lace things with, I, I think we need to tackle that immediately because that is incredibly dangerous to the citizens of this country. It is incredibly dangerous. It has posed a threat for a long time. It will continue to pose a threat if we do not do anything. With that being said, though, I do think that the war on drugs, it has been completely ineffective. It has wasted tons and tons off of our budgets, not even just state budgets, but federal budgets as well. It has done nothing. I personally think that, you know, if you do choose to do some sort of drug that isn't necessarily lethal or harmful, such as fentanyl, that's your decision. You know, I, I don't think that the government should be send, spending trillions and trillions of dollars on trying to arrest you for using it. Do I think we should start going after dealers? Mm, Yes. You know, I think we should start going after large-time dealers who are dealing deadly, uh, you know, deadly drugs and, you know, laced drugs aftermarket drugs that are laced or have the high chance to be laced. We need to get this stuff off the streets. We need to get these people off of the streets. And simply put, you know, if, if any sort of thing like that were to happen, if, if a drug that is legal, uh, not really legal is shown to, you know, be not dangerous necessarily without things in it that are being added in afterwards, you know, if something is proven to be safe without what is typically put in it after after, you know, people receive it and then they lace it with stuff then yes, I do think it should be legalized, and the benefit of that is we can collect sales tax on that. Look what we've done with recreational marijuana. We've collected tax on that. My plan is to take a good portion of that tax, reinvest it into rehabilitation and addiction treatment services and the, uh, and, and increasing public awareness of those services being available and provided to them for no, no cost, no extra cost, no out-of-pocket, no copay, no insurance reco- required. We want people to know that they are safe and that they have options should they need them. And, and that's my approach on that. Um, someone from Iowa who identifies as a Green Party member asked me a very good question about the San Francisco clean up miraculously cleaned up over the weekend before Biden and, and President Xi Jinping's visit to San Francisco. And he asked me, why was San Francisco left to rot when politicians can clean this stuff up so easily? My answer, hold on, let's pull that back up, was career politicians. And, and, and it's the truth. It's the reality. The careless and cruel uh, mindset of these career politicians is exactly that. They can just easily clean up these issues. They could have easily prevented these issues. You know, what we're seeing that uh, happening in San Francisco isn't just happening in San Francisco. It's happening in Los Angeles. It's happening in San Diego. It's happening in Sacramento. It's happening all across the state, and it needs to be put to an end. Um, you know, before Newsom was lieutenant governor, before he was governor... He was the mayor of San Francisco back in the 2000s. He was mayor of San Francisco. And that shows you, simply put, that he could have put an end to this. He could have prevented this. He even claimed back then that he had a plan to to eradicate the issue of homelessness over the course of, I think it was like 10 years or so. He had a plan. But what happened to that plan? Because if anything, the homelessness population has increased drastically since he was mayor. He had the ability to actually solve this issue, but what he did was pretty much ignore it in a way and, and make it worse. Therefore, you know, he did absolutely nothing. Then when he was lieutenant governor, he did absolutely nothing. Now that he's governor, he uses these people that he could have prevented with from their situation that they're in now. He uses these people as examples as to why you should elect him. He uses them, and the few that he actually does end up helping for political PR, the same thing with Karen Bass and her Inside Safe program, which are truly ineffective, they use these people, and the very, very few that they actually help rescue, they use these people for their political PR stunts as career politicians so that they 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 secure re-election that when, they're, when their term is up and they're up for re-election. That all they care about is... is it's making sure that their position is safe for another two years or four years, however long their term is. That's all they care about, ultimately, is making sure that their job title and their paycheck are safe. They do not care about these people on the streets, not even remotely as close as I do. My plan, I don't care about the paycheck. I don't care about about my my PR. I don't care about any of that. What I want is to actually get these people off of the streets and into permanent housing and even rehabilitation and addiction treatment services should they need it. I personally think we need to get these people off the street. There's no reason they're on the streets to begin with. The reason they are on the streets is because our government and our career politicians and, and, and political establishment have failed them. They have failed them time and time again and now are trying to use those same people that they have failed as political PR. They are using these people as as free PR. They're using these people for their benefit now. And it's, it's sick and disturbing and offensive and absurd and it needs to be put to an end. Are we going to share, you know, the progress we do make? Absolutely. But it's not going to be something fake and it's not going to be something tiny either. My plan is to make monumental amounts of progress in the right direction, getting as many people as possible from all across the state. Off the streets and into permanent housing as soon as possible, getting them access to healthcare, getting them access to necessities that they have been deprived of for several years due to our failing government and the career politicians who allowed them into that position and allowed them to continue to suffer just so that they can be used as political PR. I'm not going to stand for it. I'm not going to continue to let these people be used as as pawn pieces in the career pol- political game. I'm not going to allow that con- to continue to happen. It needs to be put to an end. These people do not deserve to be treated like crap by the people who are supposed to represent them. As a representative of the people, you need to represent them and make sure they are safe and okay in the district that you represent. You should not be ignoring them and then using them as as, as chess pieces in your game to seek re-election and, and, and job security. Shouldn't happen. And then Newsom blamed a federal court order preventing him from getting the homeless off the streets. My idea is simple. Yes, are we going to need shelters and temporary housing? We will. You know, we will need that. I'm not going to act like we won't need that because we will need that. But what we do need is to pick up the pace, pick up the slack, and do our damn job. Build housing. Build affordable housing. Crank it out at efficient, extremely fast paces and make sure it's not, you know, cheaply put together, but also not breaking the bank. We need to make sure... That safety, security, and efficiency are all pushed to the forefront of this operation. That's what we need. You know, it's it's more and more excuses with Newsom. With Governor Newsom, it is more and more excuses. And if you want another four to eight years of those excuses, 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 when you're voting in the primaries, you can go vote for Kunalakis, Yee, or Thurmond. But if you vote for me, there's not going to be no more excuses. If I do screw something up, there's going to be accountability, ownership over that mistake, and a plan forward from that mistake. If I even do make a mistake, my job, if I become the next governor of California, is not to make new new decisions necessarily. It's to sp- patch up permanently patch up all the screwed up ones that not just the Newsom administration have made, but all the previous administrations have made as well. That's my job coming in as the next governor. And it shouldn't have to necessarily be that way, but we have allowed establishment politicians, the duopoly, and, and career politicians, we have allowed all of these people to screw up our state. And we need to learn that it's, we need to realize that it's our time to take it back from them. We need to take it back from them and we need to fix it. Because if we continue to allow the same crappy quality into office, nothing will be done. The same cycle will repeat itself for another four to eight years and so on and so forth. It will continue if we do not step in immediately and start to take action and realize that these people in office are not good for us. They are only going to harm us for their own benefit. That's all they want to do. And I believe that's actually all the questions that were asked. Uh, Where are they at? I feel like there was a couple more. I don't think they're showing up though. Let's see, I'll check through here one more time. It's telling me there's 10 replies. Um, But I'm only seeing a couple of questions. Unless that includes my replies, which I think it actually does. Alright. So, with that being said, those are actually all the questions that are showing up for me right now. But yeah, so I'm going to end the season premiere... Of live and conversation here. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Um, and yeah, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.